powered by passion. It's National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with your host, National Fixed Operations Training Manager, Corey Smith. Welcome to Fixed Ops 5. I'm your host, Corey Smith, National Fixed Operations Training Manager with National Auto Care. Today, I'm being joined by a very unique guest, Joe Shaker, CEO and founder of True Video and owner of Shaker Auto Group. Joe, welcome to Fixed Ops 5. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited about this topic, which we're really going to dive into how to build trust both internally and externally with your people that you work at the dealership and your customers. But before we get into that episode, uh, Joe, could you take a minute and tell the audience what got you to this point in your life and what do you do? Yeah, so uh, my, my, you know, my benchmark is, uh, you know, that is I'm a car dealer. Um, I became a dealer uh, 30 years ago. Uh, in, in my early 20s, I was approved as a dealer. And um, that's what I've been doing most of my life. Uh, I've always dabbled in technology, invested in technology, and uh, started a company called True Video um, after I just you know, saw some video executions. And I just said, I, I need to find out what my customers think. And I went and I asked, you know, grab some repair orders. I always go to the customer when I want answers. <laughs> and I just started looking at the <laughs> repair orders and I saw a bunch of them over a thousand bucks. And I started calling customers from different stores. And it was a really good experience because every single customer uh, was, was positive. They were like, oh, we love you guys. Uh, we bought three cars, two cars. Um, 70% of them knew the customer, uh, the advisor by name. And wow. I was like, wow, this is, this is really going good. I mean, they've done a great job at, you know, getting, building rapport and doing all those things that we talk about when we train and when you're doing training and it was great. And when I, when the call was about to end, I thanked the customer. And then I said, I have one last question. I guess they would call that the Columbo. I did the Columbo on them, right? Yeah. Hey, I got I one last question. <laughs> yeah. The detective move. Um, did you ever have any doubts? I mean, you spent over 1500 bucks. Did you ever have any doubts? And every single one of my best customers said, hey, you're always going to have doubts, right? And I was like, wow, that, that kind of stuck with me and changed everything for me because I felt that if my best customers like this that gave me these rave reviews had doubts, what about everybody else? And, um, and really, that was the moment that changed everything. And, and, and it's, it's just one of those things where it's like a relationship. Who wants a relationship where you're constantly have doubts about the other person in the relationship? It's just, it'll never be great. And I thought there was a need to create, to connect great dealerships with their best customers. And then everybody else would fall in line and we'd build more customers and solve more problems. And that's in fact, what ended up happening. So that's how you got true video really started off the ground. It, it, it came from that little inspiration right there. Yeah, it was just, I, I always say, and my friends or anybody in any businesses that you're friends with, you always ask like, how did they figure things out? And you always find out when you go to the customer and when you actually listen. So that was huge for me. And I happen to have a friend who was a technologist who sold his uh, two previous technology companies and I had invested in stuff with him. And I, I'm, I asked him to, if you wanted to help. And fortunately for me, I mean, I had that resource because I had the sales, the marketing experience, the dealership experience. We, and then I had him, which would help with the technology. And then the smartest thing we ever did was I said, yeah, we're, we know our businesses and industries, but let's go talk to dealers. And then we installed it into 50 friends and people from 20 groups and, um, 
and we learned and we learned from 500 technicians and advisors and every what what was the what made it work what worked for them how did we satisfy the customer how did we make their jobs easier and uh that's that's really how we built it so i think that's the smartest thing we did for we did that for about a year and a half before we actually we didn't really need another job both of us you know um our dealer group is mid-sized you know um we do like 300 million in revenue we're not big but we're not small so you know i had a day job and and, and he already had been doing things so it was very very interesting when we tested it out i thought i would just use it in my own stores and my friend's stores but then it caught on like wildfire and uh and because we started like you said at the beginning how are you going to conquer trust how do you how do you build trust and isn't that the most important thing in any relationship uh, any relationship about anything yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And so it's, it's hard to conquer that. You're hundred percent right. So let's get into this episode of how to really build trust with both the employees internally into the store and externally. What is one way to build trust um, with the customer from the dealership's point of view? Well, you know, what's funny is you, you, you said something unique that not a lot of people have asked me. You said, what about the internal trust? So we went out to start, and, and I always humbly admit the things that we learned, right? I, I think first mover advantage, they call that in technology. I think it's the person who learns first. So we went out and we said, okay, the marketing companies and everybody always has these punchlines, transparency and trust. You talk to automakers and OEMs, and they're like, we need to have transparency and trust. And I'm always raising my hand going, I agree. How do you do it? And no one has an answer. So we think in my organization, we say theory without execution is hallucination. And we don't like to hallucinate. So we executed on the trust part by delivering a high definition video. And our technology is incredible as to how we get there. It's not just sending a video, it's streamed and all that stuff. And customers really were loving it. They can see, they can understand. People forget that video has narrative to it, right? They always think, oh, video, but you know, a report normally will have pictures and then paragraphs. If you look at an old school report, yeah, an MPI has no pictures and check boxes, but no narrative. So a video not only has all these millions of pictures, but it has narrative. So you get to hear the explanation. You can see, you can understand, um, you could learn and people love learning stuff, especially if it's about their car. So we did that part first and it worked great, but the thing that you mentioned, which was really a unique question, you're the first person to ever bring that up at the beginning, was building trust internally. So when we started following the videos, it started like, let's just solve problem A. And then we noticed, well, 36% of these videos are being shared. Well, what's going on with that? Like we used to only follow data from websites, right? Time on site, bounce rate. And, and that was some IP address. We don't even know who that person is. Right. We started to see data and in, in interactions and engagements with people that we know and not looking to buy a car or looking to service, buying a car or servicing. And so when we saw the shares, we were like, what's up with that? So again, what do we do? We go down to the customer and we say, hey, what's going on with this? And what we realized, and I'm glad you brought it up because this was the crazy part. We realized that uh, technicians were making like six recommendations and advisors were watering them down. Wow. And they watered them down to four before they even spoke to the customer. And we're like, why would you do that? We're just curious. So the three reasons were simple. The first reason was 
it was going to be a really big number and they were afraid to sticker shock the customer. And there might've been nervous or thinking with their wallet, not the mm -hmm. customer's. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a natural feeling when you're going to tell someone twenty eight hundred dollars, and you know, and they, they need it all, but you know they're they're so shocked, and you know it's so I could see how people were hesitant there. The second one is they thought the tech might be overselling, and we said, "Wow, this is the point we were making." We initially thought that we were going to build trust with the customers, and didn't really realize, and I humbly admit it, that the advisor was cutting back because they felt the tech was overselling. Really? So we were like, wow, there's, 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 you actually don't trust your technician. So the, whatever. And then the last reason they cut back the, uh, you know, the lines on the repair order from the MPI was they were new to the business and they, they really didn't understand the repair and feared that they couldn't articulate it correctly. Either way, the six recommendations went to four. They called the customer, explained it to the customer over the phone or in the, in the waiting area. And then the customer tried to remember it and then called the significant other to explain it. And it was like a real terrible phone game. And I always yeah, say, I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when we're kids, right, it's like yellow bear. And then it goes around the room and you just go through 10 kids and it ends up being like a red dragon. You're like, how did that just happen? Like we're at the same <laughs> table. So if you can imagine that with CV boots, tie rod end, whatever it is. And, uh, and you, if you can imagine being the last person, that confidant that someone calls and they said, well, they said I needed a, I don't know, some kind of boot. And it was, you know, I don't know. And it's $340. And so what we noticed was the same message from the expert went to the advisor, the customer, and then their confidant. And that number, 36%, it taught me as a dealer and as a repairer that, man, 36% of the decision makers aren't actually in front of me as an advisor. Mm. They're not in front of me. And if I tell them something as an advisor, they may kind of mess it up. And then the technician was... If I show everything, the advisor will trust me, and then the message will go directly to the customer. They'll be talking to the doctor, not the receptionist, in their mind. So right. it was a big win for advisors, big win for technicians, big win for a customer, and the sales spiked not only from seeing and understanding, but the sales and this customer experience scores spiked because we also fixed the communication chain, uh, and we, I, we never realized we were going to do that. That's, that's amazing. So, you know, as you walk through that step and, and I was an advisor for a long time, I had those same issues where a tech would give me a recommendation and it seemed like it was on every vehicle that he wanted to do uh, sway bar links. It was sway bar bushings or sway bar links, something like that. And I, and I didn't trust him. And, and, and you're hundred percent right. I've, I, I did that because there wasn't, there wasn't any trust. But just think, you know, if I had a video to kind of watch and understand that the customer's watching, that you're getting it right from the doctor, yeah, it's going to spike. You're going to, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to happen. I'm going to learn something new that I wouldn't have learned or retained because I was stressed out in the moment trying to figure out, I got to get back to this customer really quick. What is this widget, right? I tell them what the widget is in my own words, and then they go to tell their significant other in their own words, and all of a sudden it's a red dragon, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, 
I got to tell you, it's, it's so funny, all the stuff that I learned. And I, that's, I think, the most exciting thing or the different things that I've learned. The other thing is, is I've, I've, um, I had a friend uh, tell me they brought a car into a dealer in a state. I forget what state they were in. And they said they needed brakes and they, they just had done the brakes. And they took it back to the place where they did it. And they go, look, here's all your brakes. You don't need brakes. And I was like, man, I felt for that dealer, that service provider, you know, that independent, whoever it was, because they had a rogue technician who just wanted to do brakes, recommended it for everybody. The advisors aren't going back and double checking them. With video, we get rid of all that nonsense as well. And that's another big benefit that I didn't realize when we started. No one's going to be trying to sell a brake job that doesn't need to be sold, right? So the quality controls also improve in addition to the communication because it is what it is. And people are taking so much of the recommendations now that they don't need to cheat. They don't need to do whatever they were doing in the past. And if there is a rogue technician or someone who's basically stealing or trying to steal in your organization, you vet them out immediately. And we all have reputations, right? It takes forever to build a great reputation in one second to blow it up. No, you're 100% right. And so the video is really the the bigger picture here that builds trust both with your internal employees and your customers all at the same time. So if you step through this process with your, with true video, it's a game changer. hundred percent. Yeah. You should see the numbers. We did a test with an OEM that's an import. So this import doesn't have the same issues that I would have at my Ford dealership. It doesn't have the same issues I'd have with, you know, my CDJR dealership, it's imports. It's really a lot more maintenance at, at, at this specific brand. And we did a one, 1.1 million repair order study with the OEM. And we compared customer pay repair orders with video versus without video. Now that's a big sample size, 1.1 million. That's a, that's a huge sample size. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like we tested a thousand hours. I always laugh when people send me this, our test amongst a hundred people. And you're like a hundred people, which hundred people? <laughs> You know, it's like, uh, what's that game with Steve Harvey there? You know, family feud. Who do, who asks those questions? Right. Yeah, you know? right. So, so, so it's, it's, it's kind of funny. So, um, the, the RO, the difference between ROs was a 55, <coughs> excuse me, $55, um, increase. If you did a video versus without the net wow. promoter score, listen to this one, the net promoter score of intent to return to the dealer was plus four which is hard to move four points on that promoter intent to return. And the value for service was plus three. So the customer felt more value and paid more. So we always talk about that. We always say you do quality work, you do this. Customers want value. They want high quality work. They'll pay for it. It's absolutely correct. The problem we've had in our industry is actually properly communicating. So I always tell when somebody asks me about video and service and texting and messaging and all that and how that we call that an engagement platform. Because when someone opens the video, a customer, it, 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 it pops up on your screen, the customer watched the video. So we're seeing it's not like you're leaving a message and all sorts of stuff. So I always say, listen, we sh- don't change the way you do business. You're doing great work back there. You're high quality of super techs. They're doing great MPIs, but we need to change the way we communicate. And that's that's the difference. And probably one of the luckiest things that happened to us at True Video, because when we were doing this 
and we thought we could solve trust at the time, I never contemplated another lucky moment for us that texting would be the most used app on a telephone. <laughs> right. And that, like these, these customer behaviors and that 10 billion videos would be watched every day just on Facebook. Forget about TikTok. If I, that number would blow my mind, right? So, and um, I always joke around. My mom's like 82 years old and she'll call me up and go, hey, by the way, uh, you got to check out this video on Facebook. I'm like, whoa, you know, what are you doing, mom? You know, <laughs> so customer behaviors are texting and video. And then if you look at technology, like the stars kind of lined up for us. Uh, mobile devices take better video than Hollywood cameras did years ago. You know, you ever watch that Apple commercial where they say, hey, this commercial was filmed on a phone. You're like, no way. That's yeah, crazy. No. <laughs> and then we have streaming, Wi-Fi 6, 5G, and all these different things. We generally stream movies, unless you're going on an airplane and you want to download some stuff, everything is streamed. So the technology and the consumer behavior just snapped right into line right at the time that we were introducing this. So when the OEMs or people give you these one-liners that say, you should talk to the customer on their terms. We need to talk. And I always would raise my hand. What do you mean by their terms? And how do you do it? Well, this is how you do it. You know, yeah. we're talking to them. No one wants to read the book. They want to no. watch the movie, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, in high school, I wish I knew and I read more, but that's what the way I got through high school, I think. I was watching a lot of movies and not reading the book. But It was uh, the cliff notes that we liked, right? The, the cliff notes, that big yellow book. Yeah. You know? But uh, <laughs> the reality is, is on these short snippets, and on these detailed technical things, people want to uh, consume the video in every aspect of business. Uh, no one wants to read the report. So it, it's really been very lucky that we went to do this. And then the customer behaviors and the technology were super, super supportive of, of our efforts. Well, and I think it also coincides with what the customers always wanted, what any customer wants. We're, we're both customers, right? I, I want the most bang for my buck, right? That's what we say in New England. I want the most bang for my buck, right? Um, and you brought it up, you, you, you want value, right? I can go anywhere in the world to go to an amusement place, but I spend all my money at Disney, why? Because I get the value, I get a clean area, the, the, the air smells better, right? All that, all that stuff, right? The, the stuff that they do you know, those people in those costumes and when it's 100 degrees out, still smiling and waving, right? I like going there. I don't mind yeah. spending all the money. So you're absolutely right. If the customer doesn't need it, why would they buy it, right? If I show them all the value, right? Not just a paragraph of what the widget does, but a technician walking around my vehicle that I, it's my, one of my biggest purchases, right? I love it. I'm anxious when I get to the dealership, I've dropped it off. And now I'm going to spend a thousand dollars. It's like going to the dentist and getting a root canal, right? Right. So now I'm getting all those needs met. So I can see why the analytics have boosted that. And if you don't have this in your store, you need it because the, your customers want it. So, so now what other analytics can we really look at that you've, that you, that you, your company does that we can really kind of, eye, this eye opening of those metrics. Right. So I'll, I'll share those analytics, but I want to point out something that you just mentioned because I thought it was interesting. You talked about what the customer wants and what the customer wanted and us delivering. I think the, the dealers and service providers wanted it too. You know, we have yeah. unbelievable technicians. They do an unbelievable job. 
you know, even if a car doesn't need anything, we're filling up their washer fluid. You don't need to stop and buy a gallon of the blue stuff if you service with us. When there's a problem in a service facility, it seems to get a magnifying glass on it. 50X. Everybody talks about it for a week. We remember it for weeks. We change policies because of it. But we do great things every single day and we never highlight them. That's a shame. When someone compares an oil change, you know, we, we call them services. We don't want to say oil change in our organization and right. dealerships. Um, you know, are we letting the customer know that we filled up all their fluids? Are we letting the customer know that we took this expensive battery tester and, and did this test so that they their, their vehicle would be uh, start in the cold weather? We do all of these things. And we don't articulate them to the customer properly. So they compare us like, oh, oil change versus oil change. That's it. Well, we deserve it because we improperly built value. And I believe, just like you said, customers want this so bad. I think dealers and independent repair shops, they want it so bad because they said, we've always done great work. The customer's never, ever been able to see it. And now it's our job to articulate it so they can actually see the value. So I think both parties actually want it. That's the guess the point I want to make before I talk about the analytics. Well, yeah, you're you're 100 right. We didn't we don't have an ESPN that's going to highlight the the dealer's uh, great plays and all that stuff. And it's yeah, you're 100 correct too that we're so used to it, we become numb to it, so we don't talk about it. Right? We don't talk about all the good things we do. When when I train at dealers. I want them to to show the customer around, to talk about all the stuff. When you're telling your customer that you're getting an, uh, a service here, you're going to get a factory train technician, a factory drain plug, factory oil, factory oil filter. We're going to do a multi-point inspection, check your struts, springs, arms, bushings, battery, starter, alternator. You're telling them all this stuff, then you're telling them the price. Totally different conversation at that point. But if you right. just say oil changes, 60 bucks, and they just w- drew, drove by a sign that said nine ninety nine, they're out. Right. Yeah. It's our it's our fault. And and then when you tell them that they can expect transparency and trust, and we're going to send a video directly from the technician, like people have a you know this world is now personalization. It's been one of the key pillars in customer experience right now, and there is nothing more personal than uh, than getting a video directly from the technician. Now you asked a question earlier about data and analytics and stuff, and I. I was joking, like I always watched it in the car business, selling cars, selling cars. I've always loved the fixed op side as well. <clears throat> and people say to me all the time, well, now's a really good time to focus on fixed stops because there's not a lot of cars. And I go, if that's your thought process, you should quit the car business because it's always the right time mm-hmm. to focus on fixed stops. Always. We sell, we give away razors generally to sell the blades or like Gillette. This is our high margin business. And it's right. like, Whoever turns it off when they're selling lots of cars needs to quit the car business because it's always the most important part. And the analytics we pay attention to on websites for these IP addresses on people that we don't even know, uh, we pay more attention to that. And now we started seeing data. So I told you we started seeing sharing. We started watching customers viewing the average view video is viewed twice over 2.1 times. I think we did a study on 7 million of our videos last year. And uh, what, what, what struck me about that, which really made me think was, we just did a full video with millions of pictures, right? Forget about pictures, millions of pictures of video with the expert, with the narrative, going over all these things, the most greatest explanation you've ever received, 
most transparent and still you felt the need to watch it twice to fully absorb it. So how does that make what we do today before video seem like? <laughs> we did I was like, right. <laughs> I, oh my God, it makes like, I'm like, you got to watch this twice. We just showed you everything. We were great. They either loved it and wanted the experience again or wanted to rewind. And I've done that on YouTube when I got to fix something like my water heater. And I, I go back and I'm not like that one and done person. <laughs> yeah, I got to go either. back and go back and go, man, I'm going to mess the water heater up and I don't know what I'm doing. But you know, the, the whole thing is that is amazing stat. The other thing we started doing, which is different than any of the other vendors is we think 95% of your revenue in 95% of customer experience is largely embedded in how well or how poorly you communicate. Mm. And uh, if you're, and I had one of the dealers, he's really funny. He goes, I agree with that, Joe. And I said, why? He goes, because my, when my wife and I are communicating, it's a great experience. When we're not, not so great. And I go, oh, that's great. Well, it's the same with business. It really so, is. Uh, no, that's great. <laughs> it's true. And communication is, if you're great at communication, all the other stuff falls in line. So what we did is we said, look, if, if I hear you and you're getting a little loud and animated as a customer at the service drive, I could see you, hear you. I could walk up to you as a service manager and speak with you. When we're doing remote, how do I know how the customer feels? So I know you're engaging. As soon as you opened it or shared the video or watched it multiple times, all that shows up on our dashboard. So rather than just send a text and video, I'm also seeing the engagement. Right. Right. So that's one thing. Hey, guys, you got that right. But then we wanted to know how the customer felt. So we started using sentiment analysis on all of our uh, texts. And we're able to see the words change green. They change red. It's on the dashboard for the manager to see. And we highlight these things so that I could see when customers, I could see how customers feel right now, not four days later on a survey, not, you know, before, before they get back to work and complain or write a review or do whatever, uh, you know, we're able to say, oh, they, the customer, it's just like that customer that I heard that was loud, but now I'm able to analyze that in a remote sense and sort of make it the same as if they were presently there. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I like that. This is where it's going. It's yeah. We just want to be able to, people say data analytics and all this stuff. And I always go, Hey, time out. If I can't use it, if it's not actionable for me as a dealer, my service director, my service manager, if it's not actionable, then I don't really care about data and analytics. I want to see these things, present them to the manager and advisors and even the technicians to say, Hey, here's the results. Here's what customers are saying. You know, when people say great things, they highlight in green. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we actually started notifying technicians when customers are making great comments because that positive reinforcement, they never get to hear the customer. That's yeah. not right. So we they started get, feeding that back. They only get the bad stuff. You're right. So right. love the video. Tech was great. Boom. Notification goes to the phone of the text. He gets to see it. Yeah. So we're right up against the time. But before uh, we, we end this, uh, I want to talk. I want to get your three takeaways from this episode in your mind that a service advisor an agent that, that works independently for the dealership, uh, someone in leadership or, or a GM can really take away from this episode? Uh, you know, I think that, you know, it, for me, I think the real key is, is that business is changing so fast. I always say, I don't want to be a hundred year old business. I want to be in business for a hundred years. That's different. It seems like we've got to be a different business every five years, 20 times, you know? And so today uh, you're doing great work in service. Uh, you may be packed, you may be tight on text, but
but you need to build in this into the process so that we own the customers. 70% of customers defect after the warranty is expired for new car dealers. Um, MPIs we started, 70% of customers still defect. So the MPI hasn't worked in terms of an external communication. It's a great internal document. So I would get in place a video um, and messaging solution um, and really you know, incentivize the techs let everybody know what's in it for them. This is what's good for you. You won't take the car off the lift and wait for it. You know, the customer response is two minutes and 37 seconds. You know, uh, after watching a video, people buy more, they're happier. And everybody wins in this equation, including the dealership, the customer. So I would highlight those things, implement it, and don't change the way you do business. Let's just change the way you communicate. Oh, I love that, Joe. That's awesome. If you want to deliver a legendary customer experience that keeps the customer coming back to you and encouraging them to invite their friends, their family into your establishment, then you've caught the gold standard customer service vision. Do you want a more cohesive team that delivers a higher level of customer service that will result in more revenue for your dealership? We provide the tools, knowledge, training needed to unlock the potential of your dealership. For more information on this topic and others, or to submit a question or to be a guest on the show, feel free to send me an email. C. Smith at nationalautocare.com. Joe, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you for being a part of this episode. And I'll end it with this last question like I ask every guest. Will you please come back? Yeah, absolutely. I love talking to you, auto, auto, the auto business. So yeah, and, and, and you're knee deep in it. So anytime, we can talk about it on and off the show. That sounds great, Joe. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for watching and listening to National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with Corey Smith, powered by Pasha. Be sure to watch and listen to the next episode on the 5th and 20th of every month.